0: Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another JavaScript Jabber. If it sounds a little bit different, it's because we're doing this live. We're at Microsoft Connect, and I'm here with Amanda Silver.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going well. Now, you were in the keynote. You did your little spiel with the uh, Visual Studio Live Share, which was really cool. Yep, And I have been told that you are the TypeScript slash future of JavaScript guru.
2: (laughs) Well, I've been working on TypeScript and JavaScript for a long time. Uh, My team actually spans the Visual Studio core platform, VS Code Mm -hmm. itself, the TypeScript and JavaScript language service that kind of power the experience in both Mm -hmm. Visual Studio and VS Code, as well as like the Chakra uh, JavaScript engine that's part of Microsoft. Nice. Yeah. So we work on a lot of different JavaScript-y things.
1: Awesome, and we've talked about a lot of these things over the years yeah. with Microsoft folks. Um, but I think one of the things that's really interesting that maybe we should just start with is is TypeScript. Yeah. Um, now I run an Angular podcast and a JavaScript podcast, yep. and so you know TypeScript's kind of been adopted by the Angular core team. Yeah. And so I've played with it, and I like it. Um, what's always interesting to me is you know, what's new in TypeScript? Because it seems like your team tries to sort of mirror, reflect what's coming in JavaScript, right? The new features, the new um, standards that they yep. come out with.
2: Yep. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I would say that we have a multi pronged strategy for like how we think about what new language features should come to TypeScript. Um, obviously, you know, we, we need to follow the standard very closely. Mm -hmm. And we decided very early in TypeScript's, you know, inception that TypeScript would always be a superset of the JavaScript standard, um, ECMAScript. Mm -hmm. And, and so what that meant, especially since the ECMAScript standard continues to evolve, is that we've had to stay very, very involved in the future of the ECMAScript standard. And actually one of the editors, or the editor at the moment, of the ECMAScript standard, uh, Brian Turleson, is also on my team. Um, and so he goes to the TC39 meetings every, you know, what, mm-hmm. two months? Um, and one of, one of his jobs is to make sure that, you know, there's some the JavaScript standard doesn't go in a completely different direction than the TypeScript uh, programming language and that uh-huh. the two kind of, you know, as much as we can, uh, kind of keep them aligned. Um, but you know, because we made that commitment that TypeScript will always be a superset of the ECMAScript standard, uh, we need to make sure that there's not something that's introduced in either right. language that wouldn't eventually be adopted by the other. So that's that's one input. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, you know, our original mission with TypeScript was actually to make it possible for um, JavaScript coders to kind of write larger scale applications mm-hmm. and at the time that TypeScript kind of came into being, which was like 2010 or something like that, that was about the time that Microsoft was kind of um, uh, completing our first major web Based product, which mm-hmm. was SharePoint, right. uh, and we were just at the beginning of of starting to do the Office three six five kind of transitions, where we took you know very large code bases of Word and Excel right. and brought them into browser contexts, uh-huh. right? Um, and so with that, we basically had a situation where the Office team was kind of coming to us at the, as the you know programming and mm-hmm. languages and tools team at Microsoft and said like, we don't know how to deal with JavaScript that's this large. Uh, right. What do you recommend? And they had some various different solutions, some of which are actually still in use today. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Backbone, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean they have internal tools that have never right. been released publicly. Oh, interesting. Um, that do things like types that that TypeScript do, like type checking and things like mm-hmm. that, but also minification and other right. things like that. Um, tier-splitting in, in some cases, just a whole tier bunch of splitting? different, like um, what, what executes on the server side and what executes oh, okay. on the client side, um, and so we met with them and we kind of tried to figure out like what would be a roadmap that would allow us to have a tool set that the Office team could take a dependency on, um, but also make sure that we weren't building just tools for Office, that they were something that the broader JavaScript community would use as well. Right. And so that's kind of where TypeScript came from originally,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but then when we launched it, which was 2012, so it actually took quite a while for us oh, to kind wow. of, you know, iterate on it and get mm-hmm. it to the point where it was ready to be uh, publicly consumed, <laughs> uh, we really didn't know whether or not it would be embraced by the JavaScript community. Right. You know, at that time, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft didn't exactly have the best uh, reputation in the JavaScript that's community, true. right? Um, and so I think we were um, very careful about how we how we brought it out, um, and we really wanted to make sure that if it was going to be adopted, that it was you know community mm-hmm. support and community strength that kind of you know gotcha. drove it as opposed mm-hmm. to um, some kind of you know Microsoft marketing push.
1: Right. That makes sense, and and it feels like you've really done that, right? I mean, a lot of the tools. Uh, the way that the TypeScript virtual machine integrates with things like Visual Studio Code, but other systems as well, um, and then just all of the feedback that you get as you work through TypeScript or even just JavaScript with the TypeScript engine running,
2: yeah,
1: has has really enhanced the way a lot of people build their apps.
2: Yeah, I mean, so it's been a really interesting, you know, five years or so because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what's ha- you know uh, what's happened is we've. Been learning how to build better tools for mm-hmm. JavaScript developers over time, right. and uh, when we started TypeScript, we had actually just moved our JavaScript language service in Visual Studio from a—I um, I don't even know how to describe it. It was—it was—it um, um, was—it was a semi-compiled based language system. Mm -hmm. And then at that time we had actually moved to a partial execution based language system where we actually executed part of your program to build up a runtime model Mm -hmm. of what your program was describing and then we would power the language services like IntelliSense and Squiggles and things like that based on that. And we did that for a couple of years and then as we started to develop TypeScript and build out the language service for TypeScript, we started to realize that the TypeScript language service could actually be a more effective language service Mm -hmm. for JavaScript than our current execution-based one. And so for about a year or so, uh, we actually were running them both internally, and what we wanted to do was to kind of see uh, at what point would it be embraced by users, right. and they would prefer the TypeScript-based language service over the JavaScript execution-based language service. Mm-hmm. I know this is like geeky compiler no, stuff, but it,
1: it's okay. fascinating, and <laughs> and we, we go deep on the show. So okay, it's, it's
2: cool, good. cool. Well, yeah. So I don't, I did, I I can go super deep on, on no. uh, compilers and languages because I've been working on it for like sixteen years. Um. Uh, so anyway, so we tested that for a year or mm-hmm. so and over time we basically turned that on um, as the default in Visual Studio and then when VS Code came out it actually has been the, the basis for it uh, from the beginning mm-hmm. was the kind of um, emerging language service. And then uh, only in the last year did we take make the TypeScript language service, uh, the JavaScript-based language service fully. Wow. Yeah. So so like the <laughs> I would say that the JavaScript tooling and TypeScript tooling has really come a long way over yeah. the last five years. And and I think it's a pretty, you know, good experience now. Mm-hmm. And especially now that we have VS Code, right. which is a pretty, you know, great editor.
1: Yeah, it's really uh, nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you when you couple that with the TypeScript-based language service, right. plus the integrated debugger for, mm-hmm. you know, Node, and for Chrome and other things yep. like that, um, and of course, you know, uh, other runtimes like Edge uh, yep. and Chakra. Um, then uh, it's a it's a pretty good end-to-end JavaScript coding experience.
1: I agree. I completely yeah. agree. So one thing that I'm curious about is, is we dive into this because. Um, and just to give you an example, when I was learning to code professionally, I kind of came up on Ruby on Rails, right, yeah. and you know I always thought of maths as kind of the consummate Ruby developer, and then all of my dreams and hopes were dashed because he 's a C developer, right? He built Ruby in C mm-hmm. and and so I wonder, you know if you 're building this engine for JavaScript or Typescript, I mean what are you working in day in day out?
2: So, uh, so TypeScript itself is written in TypeScript, and okay. that has always been a, a necessity. Actually, Anders Heilsberg mm-hmm. has kind of demanded that from day one. And nice. Steve Luco was also mm-hmm. one of the kind of original inventors and implementers mm-hmm. of okay. TypeScript. He he actually at the time that he started working on TypeScript, he was also working on the Chakra uh, runtime, mm-hmm. and so he also demanded that. Like he wanted yeah. to, you know, make sure that the compiler was a l- workload for the Chakra runtime. Gotcha. Um, so that's been kind of how it's been implemented from day one. Chakra, on the other hand, is is in essence, it's a system component of Windows, mm-hmm. and uh, so so really a lot of the work in Chakra itself is r- compiling down to machine language right. that works well on various different you know chip architectures. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that a lot of that's written in C and C Right. Right. Um, but, you know, that said, there are some higher level abstractions in the language that are more appropriate to be written in, in JavaScript and kind mm-hmm. of they then get compiled down to to C and C++.
1: Right. So one of the things, if depending on who you talk to, so there's some people that, you know, they love JavaScript. Everything about JavaScript is the way that it ought to be, right? Yeah. And then um, it seems like there's this diaspora of JavaScript where people are writing... In backend languages that aren't JavaScript, and so there are things about JavaScript that they find kind of quirky.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, are some of those things hard to build into a system like Typescript or JavaScript engine?
2: Uh, quirky. So So there are many aspects of JavaScript that are quirky. Um, you know, in terms of, I like your description of diaspora uh-huh. because, in a lot of ways, I would say that that there are people who love JavaScript because it's the best functional programming language in the world. Mm-hmm. They think, yeah, or it's the best object-oriented programming language in the world, or you know, they just like scripting languages right. and they, you know, they like that aspect of it. And I would say that each one of those different constituencies have a kind of different lens mm-hmm. on what JavaScript really is, right? right? Um, so. So I definitely see that, mm-hmm. um, and and you know even just thinking about the JavaScript, the Good Parts book, yeah. like that was the the beginning of kind of defining what a subset of JavaScript was, right? right? And then the the strict mode came out, and mm-hmm. that was another you yep. know chapter of what you know good JavaScript kind of looked like. Um, and in a way, TypeScript is also another you know uh, it's a JavaScript linter in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, So I definitely think that there are kind of like different faces of JavaScript. Um, And then there, of course, there are those, those things that compile down to JavaScript that aren't JavaScript (laughs) at all. Right. So there's, there's many different faces of JavaScript. In terms of the quirkiness of JavaScript and kind of the historical legacy of JavaScript, is that hard to deal with? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as a language, as someone who has done language design in the past, Mm -hmm. I definitely recognize that the historical legacy of of what you're working with can sometimes make it challenging to introduce new features right um, you know let Const is the perfect <laughs> example of that in in JavaScript
1: I still see people on Twitter going
2: <laughs> <laughs> right right and I mean in C sharp you know it's it's VAR versus explicit types like yeah. there's just there are preferences that end up happening right yeah um, but I think the other thing that's kind of an interesting, challenge in quirkiness in JavaScript is uh, creating an optimized JavaScript runtime oh, right, that that can deal with the quirkiness and the, the, yeah, make the it flexibility. Please. Well, it's not just make it fast. It's but, like JavaScript is one of the most flexible programming languages that there mm-hmm. is. And so uh, being able to preserve la- that flexibility, oh, but also opti- like optimize mm-hmm. the code that gets generated so that it runs as fast mm-hmm. as native code or as close right. as we can get, um that could be challenging,
1: yeah, make it fast and don't take away my toys right yep
2: right yeah
1: um so so how do language designers i mean if i if you were going to approach this versus maybe another language I, I mean how do you look at javascript I mean, do you still break it down by um you know tokenizing and parsing and things like that, or do you do you consider the use cases like does does that really play into the decisions you make as you're deciding okay we're we're building typescript this way versus that way?
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, um, I've been working with Anders for, what, 15 mm-hmm. years, 16 years now? <laughs> um, and uh, one of the things that I've picked up from him as well as other people at, in the programming languages community at Microsoft, um, and I think that this is something that kind of just comes from the core DNA of Microsoft kind of focusing on developers, but also just the fact that we have a big focus on developer tooling Mm -hmm. is that languages should be designed with tooling in mind. Um, That's
1: interesting because usually when people talk about languages they talk about the programming experience as far as how I write my code, not the tooling.
2: Yeah, just the aesthetics of looking at the code and things like Uh that. But I think for us, when we do language design, a lot of what we think about is... Will it, can it be optimized? We definitely think about that. Um, but we also think about can we build. A tooling experience that is satisfying for you as you write the code? Can we have uh-huh. something that has good statement completion? Right. Can we, you know, do type checking and things like that? Can we identify errors? Uh-huh. You know, are we creating a ton of foot guns in the language, right? Foot guns? You've never heard the term foot guns? I don't
1: think I've heard the term.
2: It's a um, the idea that we're gonna give you a gun that you can shoot your foot with, right? Oh, yeah. Like that's oh, not yeah. a good thing, right? No, no. And we don't want to create foot guns in the yeah. in the language, right? Um, so, so that's I think probably the biggest thing that we think about is just, okay, as we do the language design itself, how do we how do we think the tooling would look? Mm-hmm. Not just how would the authoring experience be, like statement completion right. and stuff like that, but also um, the debugging experience mm-hmm. is also really important.
1: right? Yeah, essentially, what you're looking for is, how does this enable us to build tools that fit with the thought processes going on? Exactly. It's all about mental models. Yeah. Like
2: what's so cool about, about, you know, software in general and kind of programming languages and developers especially mm-hmm. is um, it's all, you know, ideas being built on top of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so like... Every, all of it is basically how how can I build a tool like from my perspective? I work on programming languages and tools, uh-huh. developer tools. My whole you know mentality is like how can I build a better tool for you to express your idea, right? Right, and and there's somebody else who's building tools underneath me mm-hmm. that that allow me to express my ideas. So right. it's it's what turtles all the way down. Is that what the yeah? That's yeah. that's
1: how the saying goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, So, so how do you do that then? Like what, what do you put into TypeScript or your team? What does your team put into TypeScript that makes it so that the tooling can be built up the way that it is to make my development experience what I want it to be?
2: It's, it's things as, as simple as, um, uh, when we think about an expression, what order do various clauses come in? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, when we think about introducing new, new tokens, like token, introducing tokens is actually a huge deal because that really cr- has an effect mm-hmm. on the, on the aesthetic right. of the language itself. And you also, especially in the uh, thinking about new tokens, you have to think about what the ecosystem looks like, mm-hmm. right? Like we have JS doc or some other kind of doc system that lives on top of JavaScript, like, right. Um, or other metadata systems, attributes, Angular Mm -hmm. has their own set of um, Mm -hmm. attributes that they have on top. Like we have to think about the entire ecosystem and kind of if we're going to reserve a token or a keyword or something like that, we have to think about the ecosystem impacts of that as well.
1: Interesting. Do you have an example of, of sort of from where you start all the way up through something like Visual Studio Code where a feature or a language implementation idea comes through?
2: I'm trying to think about something specific in the TypeScript space. So I think it was with async await that mm-hmm. we were kind of trying to take some of the stuff that we had done in C-sharp and kind of bring some of that capability into mm-hmm. TypeScript. And um, and one of the things that People, a lot of people use TypeScript for is as a transpilation service, so that you can get the future of JavaScript right. now, right? Yep. Um, and so, uh, so one of the challenges that we had in the last two years or so is like, how do if if we have to compile TypeScript down to ECMAScript five? Right. Um, how is that going to work? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, the big debate that ensued with that one was. Um, uh, to do that in a way that we could compile down to, um, I think it had a dependency on generators and other things mm-hmm. like that. To do that, we actually had to uh, we had to have a two a multi phase compilation system right. in the compiler itself, and um, and so the community was kind of requesting it, but we couldn't figure out how to do it without having this multi phase. Uh, uh, compilation mm-hmm. impact and um, and with that like the impact of course is that your performance could slow down right. because you have to do multiple phases of compilation mm-hmm. so um, you know those are the kinds of trade-offs that we have to do and in the end I think we ended up doing it um, but it's you know it, it'll go away over time as mm-hmm. you know we no longer need to compile down script 5 because all of the browsers are updated but right um, but yeah, so it's, that's a that's an example of the type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I guess uh, you, something you said kind of triggered another question that I have, and that is, is you know, you mentioned you know the the browsers are updating, and so um, I guess the 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 minimum uh, common denominator, right? The yeah, um, that that's constantly moving. Yeah, how how does that affect the development of things like TypeScript?
2: Well, I mean that's a good example where basically like the building blocks on top of which we could work Mm -hmm. or the runtime capabilities on top of the engines that we can compile down to are evolving and it gives us more flexibility and, and, you know, ability to Mm -hmm. uh, do new things. Right. You know, uh, uh, another interesting example is like with the internationalization APIs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we wanted to introduce, and I think we were the sponsors for it in TC39 or something like that way back in the day. I think this was probably 2010 or 2011, something like that. Um,
1: (laughs) Many, many years ago, ago, (laughs) the developer
2: years. uh, you know, JavaScript didn't. It, JavaScript was missing at that time some of the internationalization capabilities mm-hmm. that are common to other right. systems programming languages. And what that meant was that for anybody who was writing something in JavaScript mm-hmm. or in a browser context, that they would have to go and hit the server to get that capability. Right?
1: Yeah. That's, like yeah, that, that you want
2: to do a date time yeah. operation, like you have to hit the server. Oh man! Right? Isn't yeah. that kind of crazy? Yeah, that's silly. Yeah. So, um,
1: especially since it's usually just simple math, you're usually adding or subtracting, right?
2: Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not simple math. Like if you right. really want to get into the thick, no, no of, true. But this is what this is actually yeah. the kind of thing that makes it so complex. Is yeah. is it's such not simple math that we can't even enc- we don't we don't want to encode it into the runtime itself. Uh-huh. So what we want to do is basically take a dependency on an operating system API. Right. Right. And Oh yeah, so, that
1: makes a ton more sense.
2: Right. But then the interesting thing those is. Because are optimized. They should be, and they usually are. <laughs>
1: they should be. <laughs> uh,
2: but but then there there are cases in, in some cases where the operating systems don't agree on certain things like right. like date time you know, mm-hmm. uh, operations and what happens in, in certain edge cases. So, you know, we can end up in situations where we're a little bit out of sync and we kind of need mm-hmm. to think about, okay, well, here's the, where the operating system is today. Here's where it's going to be in the next version or the version after that. Right. And like, what's the right thing mm-hmm. to do for the JavaScript language, you know, assuming that the operating system will will eventually kind of support right. what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, when I said simple math, what I was really thinking is, is it's a set of rules on how you add or subtract hours or days, and yeah, it
2: it's just you're right, it's but a complicated it's not set that set of rules. Sim- yeah. simple because because there's just a tremendous amount of complexity yeah. thinking about the time zones that you have yeah. to deal with, and then the different situations of you know you're doing some kind of a comparison and you can end up with you know different machines with different mm-hmm. values based on on how they do daytime operations, for example, right. yeah. Or translations, or you mm-hmm. know, um, um, doing uh, string string conversions to yep. different languages is another similar situation. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: character sets. Yeah, exactly. All kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're on the team that does Visual Studio and TypeScript, mm-hmm. and I think you listed like three CS or four. Yes, type- code yeah.
2: and Chakra, and yeah, right. So.
1: So how do you define a role a, a, across so many broad categories of things?
2: Well, I've been doing, you know, this kind of dev tool stuff for a long time, like 16 mm-hmm. years at this point. So, um I have a I have a team of like, you know, 40 PMs or so mm-hmm. who who do all of these things. So, right. each one of them, you know, one of them goes to TC39 every month and his job is to make sure that JavaScript and Ecmascript you know, aligned. One right. of them works on um, node on Azure and make sure mm-hmm. that like our node implementation on Azure is exactly what everybody wants. Right. Another one works on performance in the Chakra engine and you know, mm-hmm. keeping up with the Joneses and making sure that you know we're really pushing the the edge, pushing the boundaries on JavaScript performance. Right. Um, so you know, it's it's um, it's just a big team. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so so what can we expect uh, in the future from both JavaScript and TypeScript?
2: Well, I mean, I think the mission of TypeScript to kind of make it possible for people to write large-scale JavaScript applications continues. Mm-hmm. We're not done. Um, so obviously, it, it does
1: make it easier, though. It does make it easier. <laughs> I will let you know that. I mean,
2: thank you. <laughs> Type checking is one aspect of it, but there's also other oh, things. Oh, there's so many like, things
1: about it, yeah. Yeah,
2: like, um, like you know, the minification, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, or other things like that. Like, those, we have aspirations to provide better tooling down mm-hmm. the road um, that are in totally different, you know, areas that you might think about. Um, right. That you know we not only have vs code and Visual Studio we also now have vs for Mac mm-hmm. um, and so we also want to bring the JavaScript and, and typescript language service to vs for Mac so that
1: is it not there
2: it is it's it's uh, not yet the best tooling experience so we okay. need to bring the language service experience in, into that so we're working on mm-hmm. that um, so definitely bringing it to different different experiences but the other thing is I would say we just really finished bringing the TypeScript language service to um, our code editors. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the basis for a lot of additional tooling capabilities we could add on to it. Like once you have type checking, like you can do pretty advanced refactoring experiences mm-hmm. and things like that that, that um, you know, you couldn't do with JavaScript before. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's I think what will what we'll be thinking about with TypeScript and and JavaScript over the next few years, but kind of tooling in general and VS Code and, and, you know, Visual Studio and kind of the Visual Studio family overall. Like one of the things um, I demoed today was the Visual Studio Live Share.
1: That was so cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It was It's a lot of fun to work on. It's actually been a pretty wild ride over the last couple of months getting that done. Yeah. Um, But the idea with that is that we could collaborate on on code, Mm -hmm. you stay on your machine with your favorite editor and I stay on my machine with my favorite editor and we can, you know, Mm -hmm. collaborate on the same code and see each other's highlights and edits at the same time and even share a debug session. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was looking on Twitter during the keynote and, you know, tweeting about it and a few people pointed out that Adam, I guess, released something somewhat similar
2: yeah, I mean we have I've not downloaded Adam's yeah. thing yet, so mm-hmm. I can't really speak to the the detailed differences um, yeah, that but... well yet. There are a lot of similarities and in some ways it's like an awesome validation that we're, you know, that I, I believe in a punctuated yeah. equilibrium. Like this seems like validation that the time has come to enable remote collaboration across developers in the inner loop. So yeah. that that seems great. Um I, I think we have um, a debugging capability. Like we can do the mm. code debugging. I don't know that that they have that. I yet. I haven't looked at anything? it. I really don't yeah. know yet. So, but I don't know. I mean, like I, this mm. is all news to me as well.
1: Yeah, and one thing that was interesting. I agree with you on the validation point, but I mean, I, I mean, I've been a developer for like twelve years or something, and I mean, I've used Tmux and you know, and with Emacs or Vim. Yeah. To, get something like this right, but it's always a shared session. Yeah. Uh, Similarly with some of the screen sharing apps. Yeah. Uh, There was Screen Hero for a while. That's
2: right.
1: They got acquired by Slack. Apparently Slack's building it into Slack, but I haven't seen that yet. I keep dreaming. Um, But yeah, you know, the fact that... And and this is different even than that because, sure, you're sharing the code and you're sharing breakpoints and, you know, certain things about your session overall. But you work in the environment that you like being in and I'm in the environment I like being in and, you know, the look and feel was totally different in the demo and, you know, it's just...